0: And exploration, the life's blood of the Federation. Our mission to explore uncharted space, to serve as ambassadors to new life forms and new civilizations, to unlock the secrets of the universe around us. Hi, and welcome to the Trex and Sci-Fi Microcast, the Ready Room. I'm Jen, co-moderator of the RPG section as well as the Trexan Sci-Fi Forums. I play Commander Savril, First Officer and Chief Science Officer of the USS Tiberius.
1: And this is Kenny, co-moderator of the RPG section and moderator of the Forums. And I play Captain Nathan Quinn.
0: On today's RPG briefing, we will cover a special guest interview, the story so far, a great dramatization, and RPG protocol.
1: special guest interview. Okay, for today's special guest interview, we are going to be talking to actually two people, very important to the RPG game. (laughs) Um, It's going to be Jen and I. We figured we'd talk about our characters a little bit since we haven't really gone into depth uh, with Quinn and Savril and all the other characters that we play. So um, I thought we would start there. So do you want to talk about uh, Savril, Jen?
0: Sure. So Savril, Savril is um, full Vulcan. As a child, um, she had a little bit of trouble suppressing emotions, and she was referred to a Vulcan master so that she could learn to suppress emotions from someone other than her parents, because obviously they weren't doing a very good job. <laughs> and so, in my backstory in her character profile, I've written this, so that's where it's coming from. But mm-hmm. I guess her her school referred her to the to the master because um, she smiled too often, mm-hmm. which is a big no-no. So she's always had trouble suppressing emotion, but she's she's got it pretty much under control until the virus came along, and and now she has them permanently. Mm-hmm. She was married um, after a couple of years being on um, the USS Anasazi as the archaeology and anthropology officer. That wasn't her first assignment, but it was her, her assignment before the Tiberias when mm-hmm. she was posted as the chief science officer. They went on a mission to explore a, um, a find that was on the Cardassian border, and it was kind of a top-secret mission. Nobody really knew the details until they got there. And Section 31, being snoopy like they are and, and having only the Federation's best interests in mind, mm-hmm. decided to embed an agent in this in this ship to to gather intel. And that was her future husband, David Locke, who was the agent that went on yeah. that mission. And so um, I wrote in my backstory that they met in a shuttle that was ferrying them to the Anasazi. And she was kind of cornered by a couple of other characters who were talking too much (laughs) and he um sat next to her and kind of saved her from the talkative alien what you remember in tng the ones that had like the the thing that went from their chest to their mouth and they had this vapor that they breathe benzites benzites yes he was a very chatty benzite And so anyway, that's how they first met, but she, she being Vulcan, was not very interested in an emotional human at first. And the next time they met was on a um, station that they stopped off at to gather supplies and additional crew members <clears throat> before their mission. And the captain kind of let them all go on shore leave. And while they were there, he was playing, what was the name of that game that Picard played when he got stabbed? Dom Jot. Dom Jot, yeah. He was playing Dom Jot, and he's a hustler, and he was winning all the matches. And nobody wanted to um, play him because he was kicking everyone's butt. Mm-hmm. And so he saw Seville sitting in a corner by herself watching. And she'd, been, she'd never played before. She'd been figuring out the game as they were playing it. It's all mm-hmm. geometry. <laughs> and so he invited her to play, and she wouldn't do it, so he tells her that you know it's all math and Vulcans are good at math, and you'd be good at it and so she comes over and he tries to show her how to play it, and she shoves him off and uh, ends up shooting straight nines and beating him so that's that's how they first met how they they hooked up but she's not um what's the word a stern person she's very understanding and because she's not she doesn't abide by the whole yeah um, she's not your typical she's not not typical she's a little more liberal than your typical vulcan so um if you write with her in your scene she's not going to be a stern person she's pretty um understanding and kind. she still is vulcan she's still vulcan and she's going to be a little dry yeah and she may not always get your jokes or um
1: doesn't like to be touched
0: doesn't like to be touched but yes. there are co- a couple of people who do put a hand on her shoulders. She doesn't, like, shrug them off. But um, because of she's a touch telepath, um, you're not supposed to touch Vulcans. You know, yeah. It's just because of that. Um, only family members touch each other, and very limited, and not in public. What else can I tell you about her?
1: She has two kids.
0: Yes. She has um, twins, um, a boy and a girl. They're half human and half Vulcan. Marin and Naval are their names. And... She has not trained them um, to suppress emotion yet, because of the fact they're half human, and she kind of wants to teach them in both—you know—teach them about both of their their cultures and let them choose, I guess, mm-hmm. which they want to follow. So they are being trained, but not—they don't get chewed out when they yeah. laugh yeah. or play or anything like that. And her mother, on the other hand, doesn't <laughs> really agree with that, and is—that's a source of contention between them. Um, yeah, she's a little more strict by the book. She's a very father. strict Vulcan. Yes, she is. Yeah, and very nosy. <laughs> oh,
1: and she well. thinks uh, Savril is divorced from David, correct?
0: Exactly. Well, she's never met David. She knows he's human. She did not agree with it because when David and Savril got married, it was on a shore leave before mm. you know at the end of their mission and mm-hmm. went to Risa. Mm-hmm. Which is also, you know, probably not a good idea if you're a Vulcan.
1: i Vulcan-like, never, like, yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, to to uh, elope. Yeah. <laughs> so especially on Risa. Right. So she's never met. That was probably David's idea because he's kind of yeah. uh, a little arrogant. And now, and in her profile, it says she doesn't like arrogance, which is kind of ironic. But yep. yeah, I guess opposites it's attract. That's it. Do you want to talk about your next character you know before I go into Drett? or No, you can go now? ahead and
1: just finish. you'll do all your characters and then I'll just talk about Mike. Okay.
0: And she has a, um, a hologram that was programmed by um, section 31 that um, kind of takes care of her kids when she's on duty. And his name is Dennis. And it was David's brainchild. But
1: he does <laughs> look like David, right?
0: He initially he looked exactly like David. Yeah. And after Savril met Arya for the first time, who was a clone, she was a little peeved that was her Savril's DNA daughter. Her was stolen. Yeah. Yes. And used to create this other person, and who looks very similar to Savril. Yeah. And so. Rather than have her children be confused by the fact that this hologram looks like their father, which there was a purpose behind that. David just wanted them to remember him because he's never around. Yeah. And he programmed it to be like him and talk like him. Although he's just a sentinel. That's all his only purpose. So Dennis um, was created to to um, protect the children and watch over them and be there while Savril is on on duty. Savril asked Dennis to change his default appearance. So. Um, he reluctantly did so and of course being kind of like David he's a little bit arrogant <laughs> and he created this ridiculous physique for himself and um, really gravelly low voice and he's super tall he did want to be seven feet tall but he thought that you know that would be a problem walking through <laughs> the, the, the doorways so he made himself I think six seven <laughs> something like that but he's a he can hack into systems. He can speak many languages. He's been programmed with all, the, you know, the knowledge of all the martial arts on file at Section 31. Yeah. But because he has his... He, go he's, ahead, he's, I'm,
1: sorry. I'm sorry, he's now the kid's nanny.
0: Yeah, essentially. But he doesn't like the word nanny or babysitter <laughs> because he's arrogant. So it's sentinel. Holographic That's right. sentinel. But uh, <laughs> he's, uh, he fancies himself, um, you know, a future security officer or something. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants to be a part of the ship. He doesn't mm-hmm. like being confined to Savril's quarters because nobody else knows he exists until last season because he was put on the ship by Section 31 in Savril's quarters, and he never could go outside of that either, yeah. outside of her quarters. He yeah. only existed there. And he doesn't, you know, he's programmed to do exactly what she wants him to do, um, so that means she, he would not hack into systems or... Um, Kicking anyone's rear yeah. without her permission. Although he did catch David last, was it two seasons ago? David came onto the ship as a, disguised as a Romulan to to help Savril and um, Admiral Talbot recover her father from Romulus. And. uh, he came into the quarters because, oh, you know, he had to sneak in. He doesn't want anyone to see him because obviously, Savril is not married to a Romulan. <laughs> so Dennis um, attacked him <laughs> when he came in and and had him in like a chokehold. When Suvril came in and had she had to make him let go, and he was very insistent upon her doing the the pinch, like i hold him, come do the pinch, I want to see it. <laughs> so that's Dennis. He's kind of a he's um, fun character because now
1: like, he's like a he's a real he's a photonic character. Yeah, I mean, he has he a matrix, given, and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he I, can move around now. I mean, he's like he a real can move person. Around.
0: He's a hologram. Yeah. Um, he was kind of z- beamed into, out of the quarters by the hologram on Aurora, named Rory, mm-hmm. um, during the virus, because they, they needed help, and um, Eric knew about Dennis. Yeah. And everyone else was dropping like flies, so Dennis was recruited to help with that. He and Rory... Went door to door looking for patient X skin yeah. because you know they're not affected by the virus obviously. Yeah. So anyway, he was given a hollow matrix or not a hollow matrix, but some type of emitter that um, creates a form yeah. for him.
1: Yeah. I wonder if well, the, the romance between Rory and Dennis.
0: Yeah. Um, you know,
1: there there are only two hollow exactly beings. hmm
0: Yeah. You, you never know. Just X <clears throat> has that character Rory and. His idea was they would be, like, the first holographic couple. Yeah. And um, they we're just kind of playing with that right now. They're they're not even going there yet. Yeah. But anyway, that's Dennis. Cool. And I guess the last character I have is Dr. Dret. And she... Well, I have other characters, but she's my main. Yeah. Those are my main. Um, Dr. Drett is a trill. And she's a very short... Um, blonde short she has bl- short blonde hair it's kind of messy she's kind of messy she has a messy um, <laughs> she has messy quarters um, she's very um, outdoorsy she likes to go caving and um, she's um, an OBGYN. so she delivers babies and she's also a pediatrician mm-hmm. so um, but she did have a a hand in helping find the cure last season, although she wasn't the one who just developed it. She just she helped develop it. Yeah, um, but she
1: was a key player last season.
0: Doctor Peterson fell to the virus, so Ryla was the next, I guess, yeah. in charge there, and she she was given um, the title of acting chief medical officer. So anyway, she's kind of a bubbly person, very friendly. What else can I tell you about her? She's she totally opposite a, than Serphreal. Yes, she is. She's not at at all like Cybrile. Yeah. So um, she's very approachable. Um, This season she's been spelunking, or not spelunking, but caving. And um, she's in Guatemala right now, assigned to a Starfleet hospital there. And she has a former friendship with another character who's new to the forum named Spring Mackie Farmer. (laughs) And she's an interesting character. (laughs) But the two of them know each other, and um, they're fixing to have coffee. So, I don't yeah, know but I she's
1: think. she's an all-around great she's just a very sweet kind. Yes. Perfect for a doctor. She's very, very caring and very yeah. understanding and
0: she doesn't yeah. like confrontation. No. She she'd back down from confrontation, yeah. but um she does have But she a, can
1: be tough pretty, if she needs to be. Yes.
0: She has a temper,
1: you know. So she's, she's should, not this little wimp little thing that can, you know. Right.
0: She's a spitfire. Yeah. So you can I guess if you've known a lot of people who are very very happy, they always have that opposite side. It's extreme, like, they're yeah. like extremely just, happy people, but boy, can they be angry! They just yeah. don't
1: on their sleeve. Yes. You know the angerness. They're, yes. You, know, you would think she's this tiny, frail, petite little thing, but don't cross her because she'll definitely take you down. <laughs> so she would, but in a nice way. Yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. That's what I like about her. So. All right, very cool. So those are a few. of your, Those are technically your main characters, and then you have the uh, NPCs that everybody can use. Right. Um, as for myself, uh, I have Captain Nathaniel Jacob Quinn. He is half Ellorian, half Betazoid. His father is Betazoid, and his mother is Ellorian. They met many, many years ago at Starfleet Academy. Um, they actually both work there. His mother's a counselor. His father's a teacher of physics. Uh, they had four children. Um, there was Jennifer, Douglas, uh, then Nathan, and then uh, Anina. And uh, Nathan is actually the only one who's a fully telepath. He's actually a rather uh, powerful telepath out of the entire family. Um, Douglas did pass away at Wharf 359. Uh, he was on the q and it was destroyed, obviously, by the Borg. Um, his younger sister, Anina, has just entered Starfleet Academy. So she's actually just finishing her first year um, where the current storyline is right now His sister Jennifer Owns a cafe that's very popular It's right next to the campus Starfleet Academy So she's doing really well She's married, has two children also And his mom and dad live close by They live in San Francisco They're just very happy, very jolly I always imagined uh, Quinn's mom as, as kind of like You know, the, the little bit larger Italian mom Just loving and wants to feed you everything and that's how i was saw his mom and um he had a he had a, a different a difficult childhood just because he was a telepath and he could sense everybody and read everyone's mind so he had to learn to control that um, at a very young age uh, his father obviously helped because his father is full betazoid and uh, his cousin is deanna troy because uh, i think i have luoxana as the father's sister no uh i don't know they're related somehow to each other and um he what else can i say about him he um uh, joined starfleet academy because as a child that's all he ever heard about his father would tell him all the stories about starfleet and how great they are and all the exploration and so that's what he knew he wanted to do from the very beginning and he joined and he joined as a counselor he was actually on a ship of the USS Insania and he was a counselor, enjoyed his counseling and over the years made his way up to become the first officer of the Insania. Uh, they had some, some crazy adventures on the Insania. Um, he actually met an ancient changeling that left the Founders many, many years ago and he was dying and he actually merged himself with Quinn, which which actually advanced Quinn's telepathy even more. Um, so he's been dealing with that. That hasn't come up in much of the storyline recently. Mm-hmm. But hopefully I'll, I'll get back to that again. But he was a uh, first officer on the Tiberius under Captain Bell. And the mysterious disappearance of Captain Bell uh, pushed him up right up to Captain. And uh, that's where he's been since uh, until he blew up the ship. He is now working for starfleet academy he's a physics teacher after his father and um, he's been there for right now one semester uh starfleet actually asked him to step down as captain to just kind of recoup from from the devastation of blowing up the tiberius and losing all those lives and quinn obviously he's the captain so he does feel responsible for part you know obviously of that so he's taking some time off and he's teaching right now but recently, uh, Admiral Decker called him into his office and said that they have a new ship for him, specifically for him. So does not, you know, doesn't know what it is or anything about it, but he's excited to get back out into space because um, that's where he belongs. You know, He enjoys teaching, but he definitely is a captain at heart. That's all he ever wanted to, to be was to command a starship. So he's really looking forward to getting back out there and um but i guess that would be it for that one um he's a very nice guy he's 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 a good captain he's very stern but but it's it's hard to explain him how would you see him (laughs) it's hard to explain Uh, i say he's 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 very he's nice he gets the job done but he doesn't raise his voice often mm -mm. you know he he's but he can be stern if he needs to be yeah to get the he's job done.
0: Soft-spoken, but yeah. he's not a pushover. Yeah. He doesn't let people step on his toes. He's a captain, and and people who have those positions are leaders. and yeah. They have those characteristics, but his his command style is is not a Kirk or Picard. Yeah. He's he's more of who would you compare him to in the Star Trek? Universe? Oh,
1: I was trying to think, and I'm like, I I don't. I mean, he's yeah. I don't know. He's
0: more of a Data, but with emotions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, so, I mean, he's definitely a different captain, different kind of captain. Yeah. But, you know, he does command respect from his crew, and, and the way I think he captains, it, he gets it. You know, he gets the respect from his crew. So, um, yeah, I guess that would be Quinn. My other character is uh, a lonely ensign named Nicholas Took, and he was just a engineering officer on the Tiberius. He came from – he had a hard life. So, yeah, Nicholas was born on Televing 7. Um, he his planet was constantly at uh, fighting. There was two factions, and they they've been at war for thousands of years. They're not part of the Federation. Um, millions of his people have died, and those who have gotten off off world are you know considered to be beggars and thieves and just a burden to society. So so yeah, millions of his people have died, and those who have gotten off world are considered to be beggars and thieves and just burdens to society. So they're not looked upon um too fondly but um he did escape when he was 14 his parents actually managed to smuggle him off world with a trader and the trader said that he would take him to earth but instead he sold him into the orion slave trade so nicholas was a slave for six years until a starfleet officer rescued him uh, from his capture and brought him to earth Um, after that he knew he wanted to be in starfleet since an officer rescued him. He wanted to be like him. So he actually enrolled in Starfleet. And uh, it was tough, just the stigma of his race. Um, and I don't know if it was it's more in his head than in Starfleet, you know, than in, in actuality. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think his race was looked down upon. I don't think Starfleet would look down upon him. So... Right. While on the, on the Tiberius, you know, we were on shore leave and he was on a ship because he really didn't have any friends and didn't really do anything. So Quinn kind of took him under his wing and told him that, you know, he thought it was pretty much just his perception, his low self-esteem. You know, people don't see him as, you know, the, a burden on society and, you know, he's doing a great job on the Tiberius and so on. So that missing year that uh, we were quarantined and he actually stayed on Earth with Quinn – uh, they started developing a, a relationship. He stayed. He gave up several positions and several ships to to stay with Quinn. Just I like, think just like Surreal, where she didn't want to take another command unless it was Quinn's command. Mm-hmm. Um, but took also, you know, they had a relationship, so he wasn't going to leave Nathan at the beginning of their relationship. So they're together right now on Earth. Uh, waiting for their new command they just actually had dinner with quinn's family and he announced it to everybody and everyone's happy and um, quinn's just excited to see what new ship he's going to get and what new mission and what what the whole deal will be so anyways that's quinn and took in that nutshell. here's the story so far All right, for the story so far, it started off with a bang. I mean, well, it ended with a bang, but (laughs) we just – the very first day that we opened up Season 6, I'm not kidding. There's probably, what, 10, 11, 12 posts, Mm -hmm. um, really detailed. I think every new person posted something um, along with our longtime RPGers. Um, it It was really impressive, and it was some great storytelling. I mean, a lot of stuff happened so quickly.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: do you agree
0: yes <laughs> sorry I thought you were going to keep going <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt
1: <laughs> no that's fine um, so. yeah so
0: you want to touch on some of the things that happened in, with yes why don't we post? do that
1: that yeah. sounds good okay
0: <laughs> so Margon has um, gone to earth to work with um, broccoli <laughs> <laughs> um, Mr. Barclay, Barkley. and his um his uh prototype uh hollow therapy programs that will be distributed throughout the star throughout starfleet, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um he's gone off to do that and then we have um Katan's character is or he was um Do we already talk about that? <laughs>
1: Catan? No. No, no, no. Um, okay. I just mentioned it really quick of how okay. he ended his thing. And- yeah. Well, Catan's yeah.
0: character has... Um, he is the tactical officer on Tiberius. Yes. Yeah. And he tracked down um, the the person in, in, responsible or the, the leader of the group that um, created the virus. Yes. And she is the wife of Dr. Lucas, who actually created the virus. Yeah. And she was in a it's a hovel kind of thing in the <laughs> middle of, of um, a desert in, on Vulcan and I'm not sure which desert it was but he um, opened up a scene where Catan is lying on his stomach you know mm-hmm. in the middle of the was it in the daytime waiting watching this house for signs of life and you know just keeping his eye on her and then in the next post he did he um, actually kicked the door in and it's in the evening and he's searching the room for this person who was previously referred to as Saylot, and now she's her name is we've named her um K- Eric has named her um to Pris which I think is funny <laughs> <laughs> Pris <laughs> so anyway um he uh Catan was ambushed by this Vulcan who grabbed him from uh, I think from the attic area right Mm-hmm. and took the gun away and knocked him down to the ground. Took him yeah. down. Yeah. yeah. And he woke up tied to a chair and a gun pointed in his face. Or his own phaser rifle pointed in his face. Yeah. And he cut it off right there, so you kind of have to wonder, oh, no, uh, yeah. he's going to die. because. Yeah, that's
1: right. He was questioning where Dunn was, because Dunn is with him.
0: Yes. So, so. Dunn, yeah, Ensign Dunn is a security officer, uh, an NPC who belongs to Brian. And, um, so anyway, that was his backup man. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, yeah, we wondered if he was going to die because people have not, you know, (laughs) people have been known to kill off their main characters, so no one's safe in this this story. So, um, he cuts it off right there, and then a couple of days later he comes back to it, and (laughs) and it Dunn blows a hole in the back (laughs) of the wall, (laughs) and the, the, um... Uh, Tapris was disarmed,
2: yeah. as
1: he wrote, which was literally pun.
0: yes. Her arm blew <laughs> off. <laughs> and so, anyway, that's where that was ended. She was apprehended and brought to custody, into custody. Yep.
1: Now he's and, on his way to the Vulcan shipyard yes. to hang out with uh, Eric and mm-hmm. and, and Kat- Karath. Kararth. yeah. Yeah.
0: They're working on on the last on several different ships that are being built in the spot where Tiberius exploded. They created a shipyard there in that yeah. spot to honor Tiberius, and they're building what two Intrepid class starships and an Akira.
1: Oh yeah, two Intrepids and Akira, and a Katana.
0: hmm And yeah. it was just revealed that the Akira has been um, named Tiberius.
1: Tiberius A. Yes. Yes. In tribute to the fallen ship. Mm -hmm. Very nice. But
0: no one knows if we're going to get that ship.
1: Don't know. Don't know. They have something special for for Quinn, but Mm -hmm. it could be the Tiberius. That would make sense. That's That's true. You know, he did run the other Tiberius. Yes. And every,
0: uh, yeah, that's what happens usually.
1: Yeah. um, Yeah.
0: He, um, uh, Captain Quinn was notified at um, Starfleet Academy that he was being given another command and Uh told to go to Vulcan. Right? Yeah. And so he's making preparations to go there now to – to did he – was he told he could pick out the vessel?
1: No. No. No, he was told that they have something special for him already picked out. Mm -hmm. So it's already predetermined.
0: Because of the type of missions.
1: For some reason, yeah. For some reason, they think Quinn will be perfect for the ship and for this mission Mm -hmm. and the crew and all that. So, yeah, something big is going on Mm -hmm. that we haven't discussed yet. And but, what else has happened?
0: There are a couple of new characters who are... Yeah, there's the
1: several of... Uh, his writers. name is Omar on mm-hmm. the forums. He's doing... He's on, He's on DS9 right now, causing some havoc. hmm um, One of his characters is sick, and uh, another character is destroying Quark's bar. hmm um, So he's having a lot of fun there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in this last post, they're actually taking their, a trip to Vulcan. hmm so that's a way of him getting his characters down to us. Because, um, mm-hmm. you know, we have to start tying all these... you got to remember, we've got to tie all these stories together. All you guys are out on the outskirts of of the universe need to be making your way somehow back to Vulcan or to Earth or getting in contact with Quinn.
0: But um, isn't Quinn going to start recruiting people? Yes,
1: so. yes but also yeah. Quinn has to know about them. Huh? Yeah. I mean, how is yeah. he going to know about these three people or these two people on... Mm-hmm. You know DS9. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know with uh, the character Joe, and I think that was Shepherd. Shepherd, no, Shepherd is is David. David. Mm-hmm. That's right, and David is David. a student of uh, Quinn's Right, not to so, be
0: confused with David Locke, but another. Yes,
1: David. that's a different David. This yeah. is Ensign David, who will be Ensign David, and um, that's that was one way of how we were going to connect and bring him into the story. Um, and then there's Joe, and that is Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye Med is Joe. And Joe happens to be a friend uh, with A.J. Potter, which is Quinn's godfather. Mm-hmm. So that's the way we're going to tie in Joe to the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's been posting a little bit. He's Joe's uh, just now recovering from his wife and children's murders. Um, he's been... Off duty, um, in a medical facility, and um, he's doing much better now. Hopefully, mm-hmm. and uh, he'll be making his way uh, to Vulcan, also to Earth, to meet Quinn. And um, who else do we have?
0: Um, we have um, Spring. Yes, uh, Spring Natty Farmer. She's right? a very interesting alien character. She, she's yeah. She has a weird name. She <laughs> She comes from a farming planet. Yeah, and very they're, cool. She's a, a botanist. and Well, actually, she's a, an academy's – a recent academy graduate, I think. Yes. And she hasn't been assigned to a ship yet. But yeah. she and Dr. Drett have met once before, and they just so happen to be in the same um, location at this point. And that, yeah, yeah, wasn't that on trail? Uh, they met. Was it at, in the baths? Mm-hmm. They met on Trill. Yeah. Um, but they are now in Guatemala. Because yeah. Because Mackie has a, because she's a botanist and she loves horticulture. She's exam, you know, she's out in the rainforest and mm-hmm. kind of living it up out there. Yeah. And Dret is a caver, so she's exploring the caves there, and so they are, they kind of met up. Yep. Or they are going to?
1: Yeah, they're about to. Mm-hmm. And who else do we have? Um, I'm you already thinking. know what Quinn is. Quinn is getting his commission, and he's about to mm-hmm. the Vulcan. Oh, to...
0: um, Rava Ronan.
1: That's right, Rava Ronan mm-hmm. is uh, on a vessel Winster's now. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's on a vessel. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll be making his way to us pretty soon. Um, I don't think he's he's established any kind of connection with us yet. No, not yet. I think he just established his character. Mm-hmm. so hopefully in the next week or so we'll we'll come up with some ingenious way to bring him into the fold mm-hmm. um we have margon margon and and Jadan mm-hmm. they're down on the planet earth with Barkley. oh, I think you mentioned that already
0: and Jadan is is bartending at um the captain's table right captain's, is it the captain's table Or the captain's, captain's chair chair the captain's mm-hmm. chair it's kind of like a rustic um
1: Something like something like, Bar, oh, yeah, something, something like, like Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of hard and, yeah, so not Starfleet. But it's a, but everyone's it's favorite place to hang of, out.
0: Yeah, keeping something very uh, rustic around yeah. just for...
1: Just Nostalgia. For, um,
0: tr- yeah, traditional
1: yeah sake. Yeah. And um, can you think of anybody else? Oh, there's a, there's a lot going it. on. Yeah, a yeah, lot of... Don't yeah, don't take offense if we didn't talk about your story. Yeah, I'm sorry. We're just trying to keep track of everybody. I mean, because we have a lot of our regular people. These are what we were talking about basically are the new people mm-hmm. coming into the story. Um, all of our regular folks have done a great job at telling us what's happening, like Brian, Brian CD, uh, with mm-hmm. Um You know, he's, he's actually – I think his first post, he was climbing, and he attacked – some oh, sort yeah, of on, yeah.
0: Saelot attacked him. That's
1: right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so he's he's been there, and and then like I said, he'll be going up to the Vulcan space station to help with the new ships or
0: the the shipyards.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I said station. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's he's there, and um,
0: Eric James is is running. Oh, that's that right.
1: Store. Eric James is running that. Yeah. Yeah, he's been doing a lot of great stuff with all these ships. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just taking a look at the, the list of characters that we have.
0: Oh, and I've, I wanted to correct you. The um, Shepard's character's name is David Reese, so he would be um, Ensign Reese. Okay. So, I forgot. Re-
1: yeah, I thought it was him. David, though, was yeah. his first mm-hmm. name. Cool.
0: Yeah. And, oh, um, Ricardo Cameron's character. Yes. Ensign, uh Terran Reyna. He's half Vulcan. That's and, right. And um, we're going to be working on a joint post together because... His father—he's established that his father is a professor at Shikar University, where Savrilis is teaching also, mm-hmm. and so he'll be kind of a part of that. Um, I guess somebody will probably contact him and try to get him to help them discredit and mm-hmm. have her dismissed from Shikar University. So yeah. we're working on a post there. Yeah, with that. But he's—he, uh, I think his character found a was in the Vulcan Forge and yes. There was a he heard a cry and saw a, a boy running from a saillot and trekked it you know chased after it tried to to save the boy but um, the the child was too hurt to yeah to save and apparently his katra was was transferred to a celot cub that was um he was he had stolen and that's why the celot was after him yeah so now um Incin Raina, Reina, is it Reina? Yeah, his yeah. character has the... Has the has cub. Has a cub.
1: A new pet. hmm And um, we have Lieutenant Zerum. Mm-hmm. Um, he is hooked up with uh, Maria. Mm-hmm. I think name. Is
0: it Marie? It's Marie.
1: Marie, and they're on Andorian mm-hmm. right now,
0: mm-hmm. hiking and, and through and snow
1: and yeah. mountains and... Going to a... Sounds wonderful. A uh, cabin. Nice and cool. Or, That's right. Yeah. That's right.
0: Is it a cabin or a lodge? Some type of like resort type thing.
1: They're going somewhere to warm up. That's all I know. because yeah. They're freezing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She doesn't She doesn't see this as her ideal trip, but uh, he he's loving it.
0: Yes. Oh, Rico is quite the romantic. <laughs> he too. Yep. You need to read his, his posts.
2: Before. His past few posts, man.
1: Uh-huh. Very. Very much so. <laughs> And let's see, who else do we have going on right now? We have, um, um Dr. Kevin? Casey. Yes. Oh, that's right, that Dr. You, Casey. Mm-hmm, that he got married. Yeah. He's married now and is living a happy life, and mm-hmm. everything seems to be fine. He's he obviously wants to get back out into space and wants to mm-hmm. be under the command of Quinn. Also, mm-hmm. he's
0: um, teaching at Starfleet Academy.
1: Yeah. So he's probably ran into Quinn a few times there. Probably. Yeah. Um, You know, and so you want to talk about uh, Savril, Jen?
0: Sure. Um, I guess I'll start off like with the first post, talk about where she is now. Okay. She's um, living in her family's ancestral home that her parents have been keeping with the expectation that she would eventually move back to Shikar, because that's where she is in in Shikar. Mm -hmm. She, I start off the scene where she's administering a drug to the children so that they can breathe, because they're half Vulcan. They're not like Spock. They weren't raised on Vulcan. They've never been there until you know the end of quarantine, and that was the first time they ever stepped foot on Vulcan. So um, their father being half human, genetics being what they are, they require that to breathe. Mm-hmm. They kind of go off and play with the other Vulcan children, and and that's how I open up that scene with her. And then I guess... From there, Margon comes to visit and she's preparing dinner for the family. Her parents, um, they're coming over. They come once a week, and Eric James, his clone they have they have a cloned daughter between the two of them, <laughs> who's Arya, so he's a part of the family, and in an alternate timeline, Savril's family kind of took care of him or raised him, but anyway. He comes over and he has a mysterious child with him, which is not Sevril's. Just letting <laughs> you know, she's not nurse. Yeah, her name is Beth. She's about two years old. And uh, while she's, I guess, setting the table and preparing for this dinner, she starts to daydream about the last time she saw Margon, because he's coming over for dinner too, Counselor Margon. And I opened up the scene where she's, like, screaming, Get out! And, you you know, this (laughs) piece of pottery hits the wall and pelts this Vulcan guy that's walking out backwards. And as she goes to the door to make sure he's actually left, she sees Margon standing there. And um, he asks, do I need to call the authorities? Is everyone okay? And she kind of tells him that that was all just a ploy to get rid of him because her mother (laughs) is starting to, like, contact suitors (laughs) to come, you know, try to woo her daughter because the records show that she's divorced. But she's not. It's just because her husband's Section 31. He's kind of set that up to protect his family, to make it look like they're not together. And, you know, he has an alias, and he doesn't want anything to happen to them so you know she doesn't see him very much Mm -hmm. and her parents have never met him so they think hey she needs a man yeah (laughs) so anyway they started setting her up with suitors and she's tired of it so uh, they won't listen to her um, reasons for not being interested so she decided to make an emotional display to deter them Um, long story short margon has been working with her because she still she has emotions now and has had to do alternative um methods in suppressing those, and Margon's been working with her in in doing that and so he came to kind of check up on her. Mm-hmm. He does that every once in a while, so before he left for for Earth because he's working on some type of hollow project for his hollow therapy so anyway that's how I opened up that scene and and she's told him that she's retired from. Um, Starfleet, and she told the Admiral the only way she was going to come back to Starfleet was if Captain Quinn asked her to serve with him. And there are no- a number of reasons for that, but probably the biggest one is because of the virus and the fact that her kids almost died. Yeah. So she, her main concern is keeping them safe. And she, for the moment, thinks that Vulcan is the place to, you know, to stay, to keep them safe. But that's kind of turned because... Um, there are a number of opposition people to unification, and one of them happens to be a former uh, bondmate. Which, as children, they're bonded, um, and then when they become adults, they go through like a marriage ceremony. Well, when she was a child, she was bonded to a, a boy named Sapsago, and he and his family um, eventually cut ties with Savril's family when her father became a part of the unification movement. And they're in opposition to that and didn't want anything to do with that. So their ties with that family were, were broken. And I guess it happened when they are in their 20s. Anyway, he is also an academy professor at Shikara Academy, where Sabril has taken a position as a master there. And he's um, trying to, I guess, defame her and get her thrown out and possibly have her declared gosh, <laughs> which is <laughs> Vulcan for outcast. Rick Gosht. Yes, that's how you say it. Anyway, and then there was a scene where Arya um, came to pick up the twins from a school, and she overheard another woman reprimanding them for showing emotion, and she got all up in her face, <laughs> and there was a big scene. And so these people now are working with um, Sopsigo to discredit savril and her family and because they're a part of this movement the, the movement that um created the virus they may not have been the people that did it but they are in support of those people
1: today for our post of the week
3: we have a special dramatization stress the whole crew was under a lot different species handle stress differently The Klingons were treating this emergency like a battle. The Vulcans were uncommonly tense. The telepaths on board were simply cranky, but the humans? Well, they were very serious. It isn't every day that a Federation ship is blown up. Ensign Jackson worked in engineering, and she was good at her job. Her last command was to gather her belongings, drop them off at an evacuation point, and board her evacuation pod. Sweat beaded up on her forehead, and her heart pounded in her chest. Communications were so messed up that she hadn't had a chance to even try to send something to her family. She was sure they must be worried about her. She put her thumb on the pad to acknowledge that her things were checked in, and made her way to the aft section, all the while looking for her pod number. There it was, number Alpha-157. She entered her code on the keypad, and the doors hissed open while the computer chimed in, Escape Pod Alpha 157 is now ready for boarding. Sarah climbed in. It was much smaller than she expected. As soon as she stepped over the threshold, the doors quickly shut and sealed behind her. The pressure in the cabin caused her ears to pop. She shook her head and stuck one finger in her left ear. Ouch! she muttered. Please restate your request, the computer said with no emotion. I wasn't talking to you, she said sarcastically. Computer! Initiate launch sequence. The restraint belts automatically crisscrossed her body as the lights dimmed and the panel in front of her lit up. Her breathing became shallow and forced as she braced herself for the initial shock of separation from the ship. These little escape pods didn't have the sophisticated inertial dampers like the ones that kept the Tiberia stable. Security code authorization required, stated the computer. She took a deep breath. Or at least she tried. She tried. Her mouth was dry, and she tried not to panic. Working in engineering was one thing. Being alone in an escape pod, in the vastness of space, was another. Security code beta F78, Jackson, Sarah B. The computer chimed, and the one-minute timer flashed on in front of her. T-minus 60 seconds until escape pod ejection. Sarah closed her eyes and tried to calm herself. It would be okay. Everything was pre programmed, and it wouldn't be long until she was safely at her destination. I can do this, she told herself. Forty seconds until escape pod ejection, the computer methodically recited. I wonder how Mom's doing. I hope Ensign Walker got out okay. Her mind was filled with relationships and people she thought she might never see again. She opened her eyes. Well, if anything's going to happen, I want to see it, she thought one more breath as the computer counted down five four three two one escape pod ejection initiated the cold air sprayed from the tubes besides Jackson's face and the pod shook she heard a grinding noise and then the cockpit of her tiny pod lit up with a flash the charges exploded her senses were jarred as the pod literally broke from its resting place on the side of the tiberius and it moved the place the pod had been attached to became a window to space. She tried not to vomit, as the inertia caused a wave of nausea to overcome her. She had originally felt safe cuddled against the massive hole of the Tiberius, but now she was free-falling in space as the pod tipped end over end. "'Don't panic! Don't panic!' she said as her eyes tried desperately to fix on something so that she wouldn't be so dizzy." "'We are now free from the Tiberius, "'initializing stabilizing thrusters,' the computer said. "'Small flames shot from the cone-shaped thrusters "'on all sides of the pod. "'The pod stopped spinning and settled in an upright position. "'Sarah's stomach settled, too. "'The rough shaking calmed, "'and the feeling of weightlessness became apparent "'as she realized she was okay. "'The stars were beautiful, absolutely beautiful. "'So many little jewels sparkling, in a sea of ink. Her breath was taken away not because of her nervousness, but because of the sheer magnitude of stars, the planet below, and streaming through space alone, with a window in front of her. Systems normal. Power output 85%, the computer said coldly. Sarah lifted her hand up carefully to the control panel and hit a few buttons on the touchpad. Okay, here we go, she said. (coughs) RPG
1: protocol. Alright, so we talked about our characters. Now we need to do RPG protocol. Okay. Alright, so you already have an intro for this, right? Uh, yes. Okay, so we're good there. And do you want to start that? Sure. Any second? Are you there? Mm-hmm. You can start any second. It's oh, going. Oh, I thought you
0: said in a second. No, no, no. Sorry. Any second. Sorry.
1: It's, it's recording um, still.
0: Okay. So, RPG Protocol. Today, we will discuss um, kind of the structure for your um, posts on the RPG forum, or in the RPG story, and also um, why we have a rated PG-13 RPG yeah. in... Um, so, I guess I'll start off with how to structure the, the posts. Okay. We kind of, um, we like to break them up into paragraphs, and usually, I, I guess when I learned to write, they, uh, the instructor would have us break a new paragraph at the point when another person is entering the dialogue. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of helps to break up um, the block of text that you have on the form, and it's easier to read. Um, so that is one way of doing it and then the other thing is um you want to kind of find a place a good place to cut your scene so that um it leads into another post or maybe a joint post with another person or or mm-hmm. these people wanting more mm-hmm. so don't feel like you have to write everything in that scene in that one post because yeah have, definitely like, definitely you, you don't need day, to tie up everything
1: yeah. you know, we're mm-hmm. asking people to at least post once a day so mm-hmm. if you have extra long posts find a good place to split it mm-hmm. you know and and even kind of like a little cliffhanger so people want to come back and read right. what's happening next yeah exactly. um, yeah i mean uh Catan did a really good one that i just read where he uh found lucas's wife and mm-hmm. he was just about to be killed you know he, he was going to to capture her but he the tables were turned and he was tied up and and she had a gun pointing point at his head and you know he wasn't sure what was going to happen and then the next day, or I think it was two days later, he posted... Yeah, he left us hanging. Yeah, he posted a reply, and finally we got the resolution, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. So definitely, you know, you can do that, and it's, it's it, it helps with the length yeah. of, the, of the post and just the whole tension of it. It's just mm-hmm, really cool. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, a lot of people write really long posts, and... Um, I don't have a problem with that because my posts happen to be lengthy, and usually when I I do joint posts, they become lengthy because of the um, the combination of several different writers that are yeah. collaborating. Yeah. But um, some people have a hard time reading long posts, and they it kind of encourages them to skim. That's because, I- yes. Because when a bunch of people. Are posting every day in um, yeah. long posts. It's hard for people to catch up. Yeah. I mean, so keep that in mind too when you're when you're making your posts. Definitely you, definitely. you know, there will definitely be people who are reading it, but then there's a, a, a group who can't because their jobs are. Yeah, and it's uh, not
1: that they. I am because I I I admit I do that once in a while. You know, if if my job is getting stressful and busy, I'm the captain, so I have to keep up with everything. So some of these, if you get four or five posts that are just super long you know I have to skim through them really quick and then I go back to them later and I reread them when I have time but it's so much easier if the posts are a little bit more you know spread out
0: yeah give them some elbow
1: room if you can I think more people would read them if they weren't as super long Mm -hmm. because people are busy I mean this is fun to do um, but we do all have lives outside of the forums and the RPG and, and sometimes they get crazy you know, but we're not right. saying don't do long posts because mm-hmm. obviously we like them. And if they're really, if they're to the point and they're part of the story, and that's great. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wanted to suggest, I know for like the new people, that you guys can continue to build your characters' backstory within your profile. Yes. I know Jen does that a lot, and and JustX does that a lot, um, and it really fleshes out the character. Um, you don't want to put stuff that's going to be crucial to a storyline or something. You're just fleshing out backstory of your character.
0: And people do go and read
1: those, People do, yeah, they do, but not everybody. So you can't put, you know, pertinent information that everyone should know in your backstory. um, Just because some people don't have time to go back and read all that. But a lot of people do, and they're really enjoyable because they they really do flesh out your character more.
0: And I tend to refer to those, too. I mean, Mm -hmm. it helps me to write in, in the ongoing story if I know who my character is. Because yeah. I've spent time building a backstory, yeah. And putting it in in her profile, a, a little stories about what happened to her when she was a child, or you know, in a previous timeline, who she was bonded to, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. And it kind of allows me, kind of like a little resource, yeah. to dip into when I have a block, yeah. And things that I, sometimes I take little bits of something that I've written in my backstory and I bring it into the story and kind of tie it in, yeah. and explain. Yeah. And it helps. Yeah, like Kenny says, it helps to flesh out your character. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, check out Just X and Jen, and I think dus- Dust has one too. Yeah. Um, backstories, and and if you will do that, let us know in the out of character section that you've started a backstory in your profile, so yeah. we know. Yeah.
1: So we can all go check it out. Yeah.
0: And then when you have banners, you can add a little bit of code to your your signature banner at the end that says, you know, what the name of your character is. Um, that will lead to your profile. Mm-hmm. Mine, mine leads directly to my profile if you, if you click on my signature. I think Rico's does too. But anyway, we'll show you how to do that when we've updated the, the Yeah, signature. I didn't know yours did that.
1: Yep. That's very cool. The other thing we want to talk about is language. Mm-hmm. Um, we do – this forum is open to anybody to join, and we do have several young teenagers uh, on the forum. And they do read our RPG section. Some of them are tweens. Yes. So we, 11, you know, yeah. yeah. So we just need to just, you know, be careful of, of what you say, and, um, you know, that's why we keep it PG-13. Yeah, um, that And also, and yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: You no, know, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, but if it doesn't get said in the Star Trek universe, yes, don't gonna say it say in that. the RPG. Yes. Because it takes us out of the story, too. No,
1: I'm sure I'm sure Star Trek people, you know, off-camera say stuff, but, yeah. I mean, but in the Star Trek world, you don't hear profanity. Mm-hmm. And that's what we like about it. It's like there's no need for it. They've evolved past that. So there's no real reason. I mean, you know, with like Battlestar Galactica, you get frack all the time. Mm-hmm. You know. But that's definitely a lot grittier and Harder universe than Star mm-hmm. Trek, um, so yeah. So we're just asking that you keep it PG thirteen. Um, we will alter your posts if we see something that's not appropriate, just to let you guys know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but we try not to alter. We'll we normally PM first and ask you to please change something, or you know, I know several people have sent stuff to us previously before posting, which is really nice. Yeah. So if they even yeah. question it, like oh this might be a little too racy, then just send it to Jen and I and we'll say yay or nay I mean most of the time we'll say yeah cool or we'll say you know can you just tweak this one word and then it's good to go mm-hmm. you know it's not like we, we're, we're not real stringent on what is posted but we do have to have certain rules because we are a family forum. yes so you know and we want to keep it that way it's, that's definitely Starfleet's motto you know mm-hmm. it's not it's not Battlestar Galactica you know it's not a hard horrible world that they live in
0: if they're yeah. Klingon, use a Klingon customer.
1: There you go. Yeah, and I say, yeah, you can definitely use yeah. other, you know, Star Trek, wor- I mean, characters' language. So right. if you know how to curse in Vulcan or curse in Romulan, then yeah, you go right ahead and do it. Or Klingon. I think Klingon's mm-hmm. probably the well-known mm-hmm. curse words.
0: Romulans, too,
1: they have. Yeah. It. Yeah, but yeah. you can definitely, that we don't, because obviously that's a made-up language and... Mm-hmm not not everyone would know it so Mm -hmm. you know but uh yeah so we just want to make sure everyone watches what they say when they when they do their posts
0: but we haven't had any problems
1: Mm -mm. we've been really really we've been really really yeah we've been actually lucky i don't don't think we've had really anything there's a few things here and there that could be taken one way or another but i think for the most part it's been great so we just Mm want to reiterate that you know we do have a PG-13 limit on our writing.
0: Yeah, and that, that pertains to, like, um, sexual innuendos as oh, well. Oh, yes.
1: And, well, and violence. <laughs> yeah. You know, we do not want to hear about someone's head being blown off. But in that's detail.
0: happened before in other seasons. <laughs> yes.
1: But, so, you know, there, there's a limit of how descriptive you need to be for something yeah. like, that. Like you know, mm-hmm. we don't want someone who's going out of airlocks for their eyes to bulge out and <laughs> explode and... You know, I mean, there are limits to, to what you can do.
0: But they they did that in Star Trek.
1: I know. The head blew up. (laughs) That's that is true. That's true. But but I mean, but we are trying to keep it PG thirteen, so it's just not raunchy or, or descriptive. You know, not that we don't like descriptive you know posts, but Mm -hmm. don't need to hear all the details about a death or.
0: And that kind of separates us from other forums, too, because if you go to another, like, RPG forum, mm-hmm. a lot of characters have, like, racy relationships with mm-hmm. each other, and, I mean, that's kind of what it becomes. Yeah. And that's the focus. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's cool if you want to be a part of that kind of a RPG, but ours is is different in a number of ways, and that's one of them, is yeah. that we're just kind of, we're you know, we adhere to the Roddenberry Code of Ethics.
2: That's it. Very good.
1: <laughs> so... Cool. Here are today's final thoughts. Final thoughts. Do we have any final thoughts? Um, Other than keep up a great job with the current season six. um, Keep flying. (laughs) (laughs) That's Firefly. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I should say, you know, Quinn will be going around starting to recruit people.
0: Yeah. Think about, um, PMing us, uh, possibly Kenny and, Uh and discussing how you want your character to be recruited or contacted or, you know, just that you're on the same page so that, um, we're all in the same, in a good location for you to just meet up and and be offered a position. Yeah. So we're getting to that point.
1: Yeah. In the next few weeks we're going to definitely start wrapping up this season. Mm -hmm. Um, and big things will be happening, and big announcements, and just want to make sure everyone's in the right place yes. for when things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, easy transitions. Good times. That's what we're looking for. <laughs> Alrighty, cool.
0: And then um, there are a couple of character, or a couple of writers who haven't participated in a long time, but they have not indicated that they're not coming back. They yeah. told us that they're just kind of busy right now, but they haven't. Said anything since the start of. But the they haven't contribute.
1: Yeah, they haven't contrib- contributed to season six.
0: And not to season season five either. And if they yeah. did, it was only once or twice. So, yeah. Um, if you guys are listening, um, send us a PM and let us know um, if we should put your character in the MIA section because we need to. We're, we're we keep track of all of our characters and yeah. who's active in. The and it doesn't game.
1: mean you can't come back. We no, just no. need to know what's happening yeah. so we can write you in or you know, what position you're holding and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, do we want to mention who they are?
0: I think they know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> that we, won't, we won't call them out on the carpet because it's not really that big a deal. We just want to make sure that um, everybody knows whether or not to include you in their post. Because yeah. If you're not there anymore and, and they pitch to you, it's a dead threat. I mean, a, yeah. a dead post. Yeah. So we kind of need to know if you're going to be active this season or if you... You're just kind of busy right now and you can't get back to it. Just let yeah. us know. Drop us yeah. both a line. And that's another thing, people. Please copy us. Please, please, both please.
1: <laughs> yes. Star Trek Phonetic five. Yes. <laughs> and, Jen. and Jen. Both. Yeah. Whenever you send Everyone's any time doing RPG. better.
0: Everyone's doing better. We got copied on a couple of things. At yeah. The same time. But just please remember to copy us both because um. Just makes it
1: easier when Jen and I talk and I'm yeah. not saying, huh? Yeah, what are you talking about?
0: <laughs> I have, have no idea. More, more often than not, they, they contact me first. Yes, but um, Kenny's also a moderator, so go ahead and give him, you know, bring him into the loop and tell him what's going on. Yeah, I
1: know you, know you guys like years. Jen better, but I am part of the <laughs> RPG too. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So I guess that's it. Yes. Alrighty. Well, this is Kenny.
0: And this is Jen.
1: Alien frequencies closed. <laughs>
0: Some of the music featured on the Ready Room is from the Podsafe Music Network, found online at music.podshow.com. All other music and sound effects are the property of their prospective owners and is only intended for entertainment purposes.